Welcome back to the podcast, episode 70. As always, you're here with Hoop, Saini, and the infamous Easy Hunt Show. Saini, welcome back. Uh, well-deserved uh, vacation. It's good to How be you, back, man. Uh, you mentioned to me before that you you needed something. You had something to say. Yeah, I, I do have something to say. And, and real quick, before I get to it, I, I realized, and man, I don't know if this is just me. I'm not saying this to be corny, but I was on vacation and I saw you guys upload two episodes and I could not enjoy my vacation because I was like, man, I want to record. I didn't realize how much I loved doing this show until I left and I couldn't do it for, for a week. So I just wanted to say how grateful I am. But I will he's say a, this. He's a gym rat, folks. I'm a, he I'm a loves the grind. Rat. I love the grind. But anyway, no, I actually was like, I was pissed, especially like everything that happened in the last week, the one week I take off. Um, oh, there is a lot. Uh, uh, yeah, so like, much. We'll, we'll anyway, get it done today, though. You guys, you guys recorded some great episodes, either way. So, um, I will say this: I, I, my heart was broken, guys. My heart was broken. All that time that that we've dedicated to this pod, all those hours, and I missed episode sixty nine. <laughs> I missed episode sixty nine. I was heartbroken, bro. I didn't even realize until I got that notification: the podcast episode sixty nine has been uploaded. I was upset. And I'm out, that Z did not pause when I first introduced it. Uh, uh, that was a disappointment felt, too. I would have, I would have been the first. I would, I would have paused the whole episode. I would have. If Sadie was here, I would have paused. If Sadie was here, I would have paused. Oh for sure. man, I was sitting at a steakhouse and I'm, I'm, you know, enjoying myself, and I'm like, ah, take it back. I like threw the plate <laughs> at the plate. Just take it back. I don't want it. I went and I had McDonald's and I and I ate and I was sad. Um, no, but I had a great trip. Um, Good time away, but I'm, I'm more than happy to be back. Yeah, uh, I got to make it out to Montreal one time. See all the French people. Uh, oui, bonjour. We oui. Uh, <laughs> we could talk about someone who might be playing in France, though, after this season. Dylan Brooks. There's a oh, lot of playoff Lord. basketball going on, but surprisingly, it's the one dude who's not in the playoffs anymore that might be the hottest in the media right now. Um well, the Grizzlies put out a statement saying that he's not coming back under any circumstances. And I don't know if they've, if an NBA or any sports franchise has put out a statement like that to a dude who has not committed a crime. Do we know, so. do we, do we know that, that like the Grizzlies actually said that? Cause well, I saw I mean, JJ Redick talk about it on first I, take. And I he trust was like, Woj. But here's the thing. I was, I, I, I was listening to JJ Redick on first take and he was complaining about how they're treating Dylan like the scapegoat and that their choice of words made it seem a lot worse than it is. Like he was, he, I don't know if I you saw that rant. I completely on, on first agree take. that Dylan Brooks is like being torched by I the agree. media. Like 100%. ESPN has posted edits of him being humiliated on the bench. Like that, that it's disgraceful and that it's they're trying to it's make weird. him a villain is really weird. But point of the question, do you think he's going to be in the NBA and who do you think could yes. take him? Yes, dude. Like, here's here's the thing, and and people aren't talking about it. I'm not sure if you guys know, but there was two reasons why the Memphis Grizzlies cut Dylan Brooks. Um, now his off season or his on court antics could be a reason. I don't have an issue with his antics because number one, it's like the guy's just passionate and he's trying to get in the, the swing of things, right? Like, oh, like for example, like oh, he poked the bear, bro. It's LeBron James in the freaking playoffs. Like, I'm I'm gonna try to not cuss here, but it's LeBron James in the playoffs. Did you do you really think? Do we really believe that LeBron James played good because of Dylan Brooks? 
poking at him? Do we really believe that's the only reason that LeBron James turned up? Do we really believe that's the only reason the Grizzlies lost? Was it not because Steven Adams was out? Was it not because Brandon Clark was out? Was it not because their superstar, John Morant, was punching 17-year-olds? Was out here and, and getting getting Wait, arrested and stuff? No, 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 I'm just no, saying, no, 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 no. no. You, you, you could have just said he had a bad hand. You, you didn't have to go that far, <laughs> No, bro. no, no. I'm not even talking about John Morant's injury. I'm not talking about John I'm not. <laughs> I, I forgot he broke his hand. That's another reason. I forgot he broke his hand. I'm not just talking about his injury. You're I'm saying talking about that's other... the reason he lost no. to the Lakers is because of no, a bunch of 17 year olds. Like, no, 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 no. You, bro, you gonna let me finish? You gonna let me finish? You gonna let me finish? Okay. You gonna let me finish? I'm talking about the Grizzlies in general. You can't blame the Grizzlies' downfall on Dylan Brooks. Like, look at other things that happened throughout the course of the season. I'm just bringing up stuff that's happened, right? Where it's like your superstar wasn't even focused on the game for half the season because he's out here doing, you know, God knows what. Um, Again, you have two key pieces who get injured. Your superstar, like you brought up, gets an injured hand. And it's like, oh, but Dylan Brooks is the reason they lost because he poked at LeBron. That's not the reason they lost. This whole season, they've been out of sync. This whole season, the Grizzlies have been out of sync in terms of what they've been doing off the court. They were bound to crumble come playoff time. This was this is not a surprise to me that they didn't make it far in the playoffs. To treat Dylan Brooks as a scapegoat is ridiculous, right? And I will say this, the two reasons, like I said, there's two reasons why the Grizzlies didn't re-sign him. Number one, he asked for $25 million a year. That's too much, in my opinion, for Dylan Brooks. Why would the Grizzlies pay him that? Number two, he asked for a bigger role in the offense. People aren't talking about that. People are just using the fact that he used LeBron, oh, he poked at LeBron, and now the Grizzlies want to get rid of him because it was his fault they lost. It wasn't his fault they lost. Dylan Brooks is not the reason they lost that series. He's a... Uh... He's a re he's part he's of the He's a reason. reason. He's no, not the main reason. You saw you saw his shooting splits, bro. I agree. He yeah, was terrible. I'm looking at he was right terrible, now. but he's what not you, the what main you mean reason. You want a bigger you're telling part me you're telling offense. me you he already Dylan has Brooks. the green light for no reason. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But to treat Dylan Brooks as the sole reason where it's like, oh, you get rid of Dylan he's Brooks, all your problems reason. are solved. All your problems are solved. Like D Draymond Green said the dynasty starts after you, not with you. Bro, there's no dynasty in Memphis right now just because Dylan Brooks is gone. They need to bring in more pieces. They need to do something new for them to have a dynasty. The dynasty doesn't start because Dylan Brooks left. The dynasty is going to start because they're going to start making some new moves. That's the difference, right? That's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm trying to address here. And again, I'm not paying $25 million a year for Dylan Brooks. Nobody is. Nobody in the right mind is. Let's be honest, right? Um, and nobody's giving him a bigger role in that Grizzlies offense. He already had too big of a role. He already had too big of a role, in my opinion. He shouldn't have had that big of a role. I see teams like the Bucks being able to use him. I see teams like the Cavs being able to use him. He's still a three and D guy that could be used by teams. Uh, on the right contract. I don't I don't think he I think I would pay around like 10 mil for him a year. That's 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 where I see Dylan Brooks as in terms of what he is as a player. I think he definitely does have too big of an ego in terms of what he thinks he is in the league. To me, he's a glorified role player, right? And that's no disrespect because he's still making millions of dollars and I'm not like I'm not hating on the guy. Don't don't take this as hate um towards Dylan Brooks, but that's what he is. He's a glorified role player. He's a role player that got too much attention from the media, and now he thinks way too much of himself to the point where he thinks he can go at guys like LeBron James, Draymond Green, whoever it may be, but he can't because he, he hasn't earned that respect. He hasn't earned that that credibility yet to be doing that. So I agree in that sense. But to treat Dylan Brooks as a scapegoat is absolutely ridiculous. I, it's the same, I, we saw the same, and a similar situation with Russ, by the way, in the Lakers, where it was like, you get rid of Russ, all their Lakers, all their problems get solved. Their problems got solved because they got a, a, a brand new roster at the trade deadline. Yeah. But we won't get started on that. So the, the way I look at it is like, I look at it from its from the standpoint of they are trying to use him as a scapegoat to mask the other problems that this team has. You cannot sit here and tell me at, if you're the if you're the Memphis or if you're Memphis's front office that you're looking at this like, oh, we can get rid of Dylan. 
and then we're going to be contenders. That's not what's going to happen. Your leader and your best player had like seven allegations on him throughout the year, uh, one of which caused him to miss significant time to work on his mental health, not to mention Steven Adams not being there and Brandon Clark. My issue with the Grizzlies is like, I was watching um, Undisputed, and Shannon Sharp, of all people, came to slightly came to Dylan Brooks' defense when he said, you can't sit here and tell me that Dylan Brooks is really at fault for everything that he did besides, like, I mean, he, he, put, he put a lot of the issues on himself by opening his big mouth, but, like, at the same time, your coach and your organization is, like, condoning this behavior of you guys, like, talking shit and not backing it up at all, but thinking that you have won five championships so you have the, uh, the, the accomplishments and accolades to talk as if you were a dynasty, things like that. And I was like, oh, you know what? Shannon's low-key right. Like, if I'm thinking about it from a from Taylor Jenkins' perspective, I'm him. Like, why wouldn't you tell your players to stop talking? You need a veteran, like, Because No, presence. no, 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 because he wants his job. Oh, look what happened so here's to Nick, my thing. Nick when, you're right, you're right. When I look at the Memphis they, Grizzlies, They could though, run him out of town so quick. They could, they could. But Taylor Jenkins, I actually like him. I, I, I love Taylor. The problem that I have is, is that Memphis as an organization is in sort of an identity crisis. They want to be thugs. They want to be the bad boy Pistons of the Western Conference in 2023, but they don't have the talent to be able to do that. John Morant is not at his peak offensively yet even. Like when I when you're looking at him as a player, like the, the in, in the matchup against the Lakers, the Lakers, you could say, oh, they had a better team. Well, they had a healthier team. Or it was the simple case of what I told you, Hoop, in the last episode, which was uh, you have John Morant and Dylan Brooks as perimeter threats and you think that that's going to win you a champion going to win you a championship let alone a series let alone a game in a series so and Desmond Bain right is is your number one three-point option with Luke Kennard being out or whatever the case was with him so outside of that you have no shooters besides what Jaw thinks he is on the internet but with Dylan Brooks he goes out there in the media and this is my this is my biggest issue with Dylan Brooks you ever heard the expression your mouth writes checks that your ass can't cash. That's that's what happened to Dylan Brooks in this series. So you would think that the Grizzlies went up like 2-0 on the Lakers with the way he was disrespecting our precious king. But in, in all actuality, what happened was the Lakers win game one. Why do you say one, that so seriously? Because he's our precious king. What do you mean? Uh, like, you gonna let him disrespect Braun? You gonna let him disrespect LaBreeze's Christ? I don't think so. Anyway, my point is, is that in game one, the Lakers won. Right. So they went up 1-0. Then the Grizzlies win game two and Dylan Brooks goes to the media and starts talking out the ass, disrespecting our precious game um, with words of he's old. I don't respect anybody until they give me 40. Uh, I wish I had Miami LeBron because that would be a harder task. I'm sitting here listening to this, man. I'm thinking to myself, bro, look, when you are LeBron's primary defender is where he plays the best brand of basketball so far in the series is when Dylan Brooks is the primary defender. He's shooting over 60% from the field. Outside of that, he's shooting, uh, I think, 40, over 40% from, from three. Uh, he's scoring efficiently on you, on your head, right? But you're out here talking and you're shooting 31% from the field and 24% from three. That is atrocious. I think Dylan Brooks ranks like dead last or close to the bottom of the pile in terms of playoff performance. Like, there is a legitimate argument that you can make that Dylan Brooks was the worst playoff performer so far. And you got people at the bottom of that list like Jordan Poole, <laughs> like and, and and Draymond Green, if he's not really being as productive as as to Draymond Green's standards, right? But 
the way I see it, like you can't use Dylan Brooks as as the reason as to why you think your season's going to turn around if you let him go, because obviously there's a lot more things that you need to get addressed. To me personally, me personally, when I look at this Grizzlies team, the thing that makes a great basketball team starts with the leader. And if you don't have a great leader that has like, I don't know, a mature demeanor about him, the least you could do is have a mature veteran like a Udonis Haslam on the bench to set people straight. They don't have that. If I'm not mistaken, Dylan Brooks was their veteran. So you're already setting yourself up for failure right there. If you're if the young guys or John Moran or whoever you want to say is like looking to, you know, shape up their act, they have Dylan Brooks to look at as an example. And then Dylan Brooks goes out there. Dylan Brooks goes out there and says, I don't respect anybody who, until they give me 40. Then Braun puts up 20-20 on his head, and they lose game six by 40. Now, if I'm the Memphis organization, I'm sitting here thinking, damn, the Lakers must have took that to heart. They said, we ain't, we ain't satisfied unless we win by 40 or more. We ain't satisfied unless LeBron gives ain't giving you 20 or 20. Like, think about that. So to Shannon Sharp's credit, I'm going to say this is my last thing before I let Hoop go. Shannon Sharp said, if you really think, because Skip was like, do you really think that the Lakers, like, use this as motivation Shannon Sharp was like yeah and it's, it's it's too good to be true you mean to tell me that not only does that happen Braun gives you 20-20 but they win game six by 40 in convincing fashion Braun and AD end up checking themselves out of the game because they just I mean they're molly whopping you Anthony Davis blocking Dylan Brooks saying get that ish out of here and then uh him and LeBron are staring down Dylan Brooks as he yes the Lakers used every single ounce of what Dylan Brooks said in meet in the media after the game as motivation and that's what I love about playoff basketball. You talk shit, you got to back it up. Dylan Brooks, did, for some reason, had the green light, but he can't knock down shots like that. I'm not expecting Dylan Brooks to give me 30. Like, I'm expecting LeBron to give me 30, right? So I think that Dylan Brooks walked himself or talked himself into a situation now where he's looking like, like it's just like it's just getting worse and worse for him. I do believe he still has a spot on a team, for sure. I don't think that he's going to China because – he's still a valuable defensive player. And uh, like Saney said, he wanted a bigger role. And Dylan Brooks said, oh, I don't want to be a big, Memphis has me as a three and D guy. Like, what else are you going to be? You're barely even a three guy. You're just a D guy. Like, I don't like, but if you put him on another team, maybe get him some more touches. Uh, maybe he, maybe he amounts to something, but I don't see Dylan Brooks going anywhere else other than Memphis, having as many opportunities as he's had to shoot the ball in Memphis and make it any sort of significant impact. I, I don't. I don't know about you, Hoop. Yeah, um, so, I mean, I agree with the whole it's not entirely his fault thing in Memphis. I've said before, I think their dream target should be Jimmy Butler because he's got that competitive edge to him that a lot of guys on the Grizzlies think they have. I mean, like, they just need to be molded right. right? They're, they don't respect their vet in the locker room, which is 29-year-old Steven Adams. They got to respect Jimmy after what he's doing. So if he walks in there as, like, this mega-million guy who's, like, you know, coming off fresh off this playoff run, it's like, yeah, now we get to work. And he's more fitting to guide them to the promised land. Um, from a spacing perspective, it's not much better, but I'm saying you'd kind of, you know, hope Jai gets a little better. But regardless, that that's more of like a personnel fit, like a personality standpoint. Um, Dylan Brooks, I was looking through the teams that like could possibly pick him up. It's hard because if you're a contender, I would stay away from him due to the, the personality issues i don't want to bring that negative attention to my team i don't know if you could put a clause in or say like shut your mouth or else we cut you like i don't know how that stuff works but they need to shape him up any team that's going to get him needs to shape him up uh the other teams that i would would still stay away from him is the the young guys i don't want dylan brooks on a rebuilding team because he's a big project to get that 
shot chucking, you know, loud mouth. Like, why would you take a risk on that either? So I think it's those middle of the road teams that are looking for like a risk to take. Uh, I say the Washington Wizards. What do they have to lose? Uh, what what do they have to lose? You think Chicago, you... the Chicago Bulls? Hell, no. where they else does got he Patrick go? Beverly. The hell, Patrick, Patrick Beverly and Dylan Brooks on the same team. It's gonna be shootouts every night in but Chicago. But I'm saying they are going nowhere. Like, why why would the Wizards not take a chance? Does does because Dylan Brooks has some upside. I'm not gonna sit here yeah. and say he doesn't. But the why Mavericks? would they take? It? But like, if I were the Wizards, Shit. I'd rather so, turn in a direction. Where I'm like completely rebuilding, not no, taking a chance on No, because they already signed KP, Kyle Kuzma, and Brad Beal. They're they're in the the middle of a wasteland right now. I'm saying if I was the Pacers, I'm not touching them. If I'm the Magic, I'm not touching them. If I'm the the Hornets, why would you make a mockery of your franchise even more? The Pistons, I'm not touching him. But I'm not touching him if I'm the Knicks, the Sixers, the the Celtics, the Bucks. Like who else is there? The Hawks? Like what? The Heat? The Heat are not taking him. Yeah, no. I, I think it falls to those teams in Mediocreville. And in the West, yes. I mean, there's not many. The, the Timberwolves? The Mavericks? No. I'm not taking it from the Jazz. I see what there's you're too, talking there's too about. many positive vibes. The, the Trailblazers? Yeah. Does Dame want him over there? Like, where do you go? I don't know because you have to literally ask yourself as a as a uh, uh, GM, do you want you, you want a guy that can play, that can is perennially like best perennial perimeter defender in the league maybe up there but he is a below average wait what you say type of guy like perennially one of the best defenders perimeter defenders in the league dylan brooks he's Don't even good say i would not put him up there though what do you mean what what, what, what do we have dylan to go off brooks of? yeah not that high yeah, up you give him too much praise now no 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 as a as a defender who is they who is a better perimeter defender for the memphis grizzlies than dylan brooks like dylan brooks is the guy he literally said I thought you were saying yes. for the league. No, I'm I'm saying when you look at when you're looking at Memphis, Memphis is literally saying, okay, we got LeBron tonight, we got Katie tonight. Well, they they're they going to guard the best players on the other defender. team, right? So it's not the a, only upside that he has to his statement. game is defense. That's it. You can't yes, like but that. That's, like that's said, not saying he's one so, of the league's best perimeter defenders just because that's the one thing he could do. Okay, so if he's not one of the league's <laughs> best perimeter defenders, then what the hell is he in the league for then? Why, why would he be in the league? Because why, he's why a would... good defender. He's not one of the league's best defenders. You're allowed to be good at something and st- still be in the league. Ron Toscato Anderson isn't good at anything, and he's in the NBA. <laughs> Hope you ain't need to yell, but nonetheless, um, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here that's defend. not a hard concept to grasp. There's a lot of dudes who are just athletic, like Wenyan Gabriel, and that's why and they're just not good. They're just not good. Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is not athletic at all. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say that. I'm not. But he's, he's a I'm good not, defender, I'm, which is why he can belong on a roster. Spot. I would say this. He's a he can solid create defender, his own shot. His form is ugly. No. Nah. Nah. Nah, because here's my thing, right? Not bro, he's a, bro, I'd nah, say he's a nah, solid nah. defender. Since we, let's just meet in the middle. He's a solid defender, right? If he's a solid defender, <laughs> yeah, but he's not one of the league's he, best. He, All right, I got my way. Shoot. I got my way. He can't shoot. He cannot just shoot. Let's in the middle. Right? I'm thinking about <laughs> I think about guys like Matisse Thybulle when he was in uh, Philadelphia. Bro could not shoot a lick. But when he gets to when he gets to Portland, he gets a little bit more of a little green light. Now he can knock down some corner three point shots that you need. So you're so it's a situation of like. Where do you drop him where his game itself can evolve past where it is right I now? I gave you a he couple places, and I want worst... you guys to tell me that that would be a good spot or else he's playing in China. Who else is picking oh, him up? God. <laughs> I don't I don't see, I, like, in my opinion, I see a team like like the Bucks or the Cavs could benefit off him. I like the Wizards. The Wizards are a good team as well, but the Bucks and Cavs also do fit his, like, 
his play, if he's willing to take the money. I'm I'm assuming that he's I'm not saying, gonna have any. Why ego. would they risk that? Risk what? He's not gonna have a huge role in the offense. I'm saying if he no, puts he's his ego not, aside. But you see how he's made the Grizzlies a mockery. Largely part to him. John Morant's part of it too, but Dylan Brooks has been on ESPN and on a negative light for the last three three months. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm I, saying I, they got to clean him up, but... Yeah, you know, but like, if, the... if he could put aside and he's willing to... Like, I'm saying as a player, as a player... Sure. yeah, for fit. There's other teams, but I agree with you where it's like, I'm making assumptions on a guy I don't know. So for all I know, he might be the biggest um, douchebag and he'll continue to do this. Or for all I know, he'll become a saint and he'll be very nice. I don't know Dylan what Dylan Brooks is going to do. That's what I mean. Like, you don't know what he's going to do. So I'm not going to make assumptions that he's going to carry his antics into next season because, you know, people make mistakes and people grow as, you know, as you get older and maybe he grows from this and maybe he becomes a respected NBA player. Um, I'm not going to trash on the man and say, no, he's not going to get a spot on these teams because he did stuff last season. No, if, if he's willing to take the money, if he's willing to agree to a role, there are teams for him. If he's not, if he's not, well, ladies and gentlemen, you have your CBA 2024 Meow. MVP. Uh, Meow. And Dylan, <laughs> Dylan Brooks. AZ, I don't know about you, but my supplement routine has gotten out of control. Between all the various vitamins, minerals, and probiotics we're meant to take, it was way too much. Uh, hoop, I couldn't agree more, bro. Luckily, Athletic Greens is here to help with that simple solution. In every scoop of AG1, you're getting 75 high-quality ingredients in a formula that tastes great and is designed to be better absorbed in the gut. I take my health seriously, so I'm making sure I get what I need throughout the day with AG1, especially when we're shooting around on the court or getting roasted by our fans on social media. It helps support digestion, mental focus, sleep, and more. Yeah, man, I use AG1 as well, and it's super easy to drink. I just add one scoop into my glass of water every morning, it's great for my gut health as it contains a blend of pre and probiotics. So if you're ready to take ownership of your health, today is the perfect time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash basketball forever. That's athleticgreens.com slash basketball forever. Check it out. Let's talk about who is in the playoffs. Uh, speaking of um, some things that have been hot topics, Jordan Poole um, in game one against the Lakers. That's been a big thing going around right now with that uh, deep three that he took to try and tie the game. I'm going to start this conversation off and then I'm going to let you guys give me your thoughts on this statement I'm going to make. That's an acceptable shot. That was a good shot. Um... I made a video on TikTok. Oh, oh, shout out. By the way, I got my account back. I, uh, I told you guys last episode I got hacked. I got it back. Yeah. Shout out Kai from the TikTok uh, management. Oh, it came in clutch. But I said it was a bad shot, mainly because not only is there 10 seconds left on the clock, I know he was hot from three that game. That was not a deep shot. That was beyond the hash like... I don't know what they marked it as, but close to a 30-foot shot. And while, yes, he's one of the few guys in the league that's capable of making that, if we're going to put it on a scale of how good the shot was and how realistic it is of going in, maybe a 2 or a 3 at that point, right? Not much higher. Um, you can get that look 
at any point. There's no one will. There's no one that's gonna close out that far unless there's like one second left on the clock. You can get that if you dribble around, don't find anything. Get it. You can get that again. But there was ten seconds left on the clock. I think the Warriors had two timeouts left. They could have called time. They had plenty of time to to keep his dribble alive and get back to Steph Curry, who was flaming hot and the main reason why they had that twelve point comeback. So that's the re. If if it was Steph Curry in that situation and he's taking the shot, I say it's an acceptable shot for sure, even with 10 seconds, even with the timeouts, it's a good shot. But Jordan Poole is not the one to be taking that in this situation, especially when he's not as reliable as maybe two other guys or three other guys on your team, scoring-wise. So that's that's my perspective. It's not like an all-time well, bad shot, the, but it's not a good decision. But, but, but let's look at this. Uh, speaking from your perspective, okay, well, the other guys, he's not the first or second option. I agree with you, but look at where those options were. Steph Curry was getting doubled. Steph Curry brought the ball up from the right side of the court, handed it to Draymond Green. Draymond's looking for him. Steph's doubled. Steph was double teamed. Steph was not going to get a shot off that possession. He was not. That's there was why no you call a timeout. There was no way in hell that, yeah, that's that's out on Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, he's in the heat of the moment, Are and you, he gets an open look. He gets an open. What is he supposed to do? So he also that's the thing, though. That's seconds the thing. to get the ball back to like, him. Maybe that's the yeah, I, yeah. That's the sure, thing. I'm I'm sure, with hoop on the, I'll be on honest, the ten second in, part in the in the heat of the moment. In the heat of the moment, you have an open shot, and that was probably the only open shot they were going to get in that possession. You were not going to get more open in that last ten seconds. You weren't. And he are you going took to a take step a risk? forward and been yeah, as open? I don't out. think he could have. Go look at the look. I don't know who was closing him out, but somebody was closing him out. He would it not have been Vanderbilt able to get a step five forward. Five feet away from him. Vanderbilt. Okay, so Jordan Poole takes a step in while Vanderbilt's running at him. You think Vanderbilt's not getting to him? And Vanderbilt's the, a and great then defender. Clay was right next to him. Thank was he you, not? Thank you. Thank you. Clay was and right he there in drew the corner. In if and Jordan Poole, if Jordan Poole had had just taken a step in and then made the defense come to him, like Hoop said. The shot that Jordan Poole gets, you can get that shot at any point in the game, but it's mainly because not everybody is going to be willing to come out there and guard you from 30 feet. If Jordan Poole takes two steps in and then lets the defense come to him and then sets up Clay Thompson in the corner right there, that would have been all net. Like Sandy said, Steph was being double teams. I don't think Steph would have even got a good look off in that possession alone. But the thing with the Warriors is, is constant ball movement. That's that's what got them. That's what that's what helped them go on a 14-0 run was constantly swinging the ball and literally letting the defense come to wherever their shooters were. Now here's the thing, I'm not mad personally. It's Jordan Poole, like Sandy said, he did the moment. Like I completely completely agree with you. He did the moment. You had six threes. This was literally one of your best games that you've had in the last like three weeks. So screw it, whatever. Like we'll live. Um, you can't like the only the only problem is is that for me it was a 14-0 run and then. You get you get to the nitty gritty. Steph gets blocked by Anthony Davis trying to drive in and hit a floater. That's that's completely on Steph. I don't know why he decided to do that, but whatever. But just you just knew as soon as JP took that shot that I think every Lakers like every Laker player probably gasped like as soon as he re- as soon as it hit the rim. They're just like, okay, thank God. That's that's how I could see it. So it's not it's not necessarily a bad shot. I just think that given the amount of time that was left, you probably could have had a better a better look. Just a I don't know. Like, it's, it's hard to really examine it because you look at Jordan Poole, like Hoop said, he can hit that shot. I've seen him hit the shot. But it's like, you know, you could have, you just, you, you want to just know that he has better time management skills or at least you you just want to have that feeling. So going into like game two tonight, if a situation like that occurs again, you know, maybe Steve Kerr calls a timeout to ensure that nothing bad happens if the ball ends up in Jordan Poole's head. But I don't I'm, know. I'm it's watching not, the, I don't, I'm I don't watching really the shot it, back though. now. I'm watching the shot back now because I want to I be able to get a grasp on everything. Klay Thompson was not going to get open. 
LeBron James was in that corner with them, and Vanderbilt was not on the side that Klay Thompson was. Klay Thompson had two guys near him. So if LeBron leaves, that's only a two-pointer left open for Andrew Wiggins because Andrew Wiggins was in the paint. They were not getting an open shot. I'm looking at the play right now. Klay Thompson was not getting a shot off. LeBron knew what he was doing. LeBron stayed in the paint with Wiggins because you could get a two-pointer. It doesn't matter. They're up by three. And Klay Thompson has... Who's number seven? Who's number uh, seven on the Lakers? I don't even uh, know who right. is. Troy Brown Jr. Is it, yeah, how many Brown, right, right. Anyway, if you put LeBron, your finger, LeBron on, LeBron on, Brown, if you put your finger on the screen, how many times would you have to to keep putting your your fingers to get from where Poole was from the lot? Because that that was a deep shot, bro. I'm looking at it right now, and I'll tell you right now, <laughs> that was bro, a deep shot. He was not, if he took a step in, Vanderbilt was coming to him at an angle. Vanderbilt wasn't in front of him. Vanderbilt was coming to him at an angle. He's not getting an open shot. Anthony hey, Davis I mean, is right there too. Anthony Davis is in the, is is right at the top of the key. So if he takes a step in, AD can get to him. And too. that's just they're not that's getting why a more I open think shot. They call a timeout. That's all. That, I'm I, I agree. I'll, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm yeah, not I'm saying, not. Like, I'm that's not blaming Jordan Poole. I think in the heat of the moment, like it's a. I'm 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 going to say he sold, but I'm not going to be upset about it for like like it's not a J.R. Smith moment. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm gonna no, say he's old, no, but he didn't, no, it no, wasn't no. like a like an all time sell. No, but, uh, we, it was a deep shot. On. Like, like, look, like looking at it, like from first glance, it is hard to defend. <laughs> like, it is a deep, deep shot. But I will I just, say this: I don't think this was his intention because I don't think Jordan Poole saw the whole court. And in my mind, he did make a dumb decision. <laughs> but any other decision wouldn't have been as good. It, it was like, a light sell. It was a light sell because I'll say this. I know know his ass didn't see Klay Thompson have two guys near him. I know the only person he saw was Curry getting double teamed because it's impossible for you to see the whole court at once like that in that split second, right? So clearly it looks like a dumb shot, but that dumb shot is the best opportunity they have in that possession unless Steve Curry calls a timeout, which he didn't. And I don't know how he did it. I would have rather have a half court. I would have rather had Steph Curry not bring the ball up because that's easier for defenses to get on him, right? If it's half court and Steph Curry can run around off ball for five seconds to try and get him, try and get the ball, that is a much better position to be in. So to me, that's a coaching error. That's not a Jordan Poole error. And that's my opinion. I just want to say uh, before we move on, like in the moment when this happened, uh, I remember I'm watching, I'm watching the game, right? And I'm watching it on because I was uh, I was at one of my friends, so we were watching it on the stream. So we were like three to five seconds behind. So I get a I get a text at twelve thirty three in the morning in the podcast group chat from Hoop, and it said Jordan Poole, what the heck? This is right before he shoots, right? So I'm sitting here thinking to myself, damn, what did he do? And then I watched the play happen. Then Sadie responds with a oh, laugh emoji. Oh, your TV was delayed. <laughs> it was delayed like Man, ten seconds, bro. Hey, <laughs> it was his TV was delayed on a legal stream. <laughs> on a legal stream, yeah. So then on uh, uh, NBA League Pass, <laughs> internet was uh, off for Z. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and when when Hoop said, "Dude was hot," but come on now, I looked at the play as soon as he did that. I responded by saying, "Bro has the IQ of a baby squirrel." So I'm just going to put saw, that out I there. See, I'll tell you right now, I was in my bed and I was like, man, do I go at this guy? I was, I just got off a flight. I only got to watch the second half because I was flying that day. Um, so I get home, I'm watching the second half, and my first instinct is, oh, I got to text this guy. And then I just see you text. I was like, man, would I want him to text me if I just saw that? And I was like, no, I'm just going to let him be. I'm just going to let Thank the you, guy man. be in his peace, man. I'm not going <laughs> to do it to him. But I just nosy. I was, I, my thumbs were ready, bro. I was about to turn to a thumb warrior, man, just going at you. <laughs> um, but man, I saw that text and I was like, "This guy's hurt." Like you could tell he was hurt. There was no laugh. There was there was no laughing. <laughs> there was no followed up text. 
there was no like jokingly mad. He was just angry. And then I was like, this is not the time to go at him for, for the Warriors. Thank you, sir. Thank um, you so much. Speaking speaking of this game, I wanna I wanna push some nasty agendas. Uh Anthony Davis, this should not be a debate, is clearly the best defensive player in the world right now. Um and it's nice that he's fully healthy for the playoffs because the last time does it just remember Anthony Davis has different modes when he's quote unquote healthy. He's right. not Kawhi Leonard, where when he's playing, he's Kawhi Leonard. Anthony Davis has levels to him, but he seems to be at this peak level. I know Kevon Looney is not the great a great matchup, but he's still dominating regardless. Is he is he better than Giannis? Because remember in December when I said when Anthony Davis is playing at his peak self, I said he's better than Giannis, and I might stick by it, bro. I might. No, I don't. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not he, letting that. He that is slide. an all-time great defensive presence. Yes, I agree. But so is Giannis. I don't Giannis, know if there's Giannis, five better. Peak Giannis for was. Peak. I'll say this: the Bucks' downfall. Um, there's a lot of factors to it. I'm not making excuses for them. They lost. But number one, Giannis got injured. Number two, you know, prayers up, Coach. I don't know if you guys saw, Coach Bud's brother died during that series, right? So obviously that team was not in the right. Like that's that's a terrible, terrible thing to happen, especially during playoff time. You know, prayers up to. Uh, Coach Budenholzer and his family. But I'm not knocking on the Bucks. They had a lot of things happen to them last second. They would still be my favorite if I re- if we restarted. I don't care. Like I would still I I I fully back my take that I said the Bucks were gonna win. Um unfortunately life has unfortunate circumstances and what happened happened. I still think Jonas is the best player. I, I think I do this is a recency s- bias thing. I think I, no, this no, is no, a recency well, bias it, thing. Well, here's the thing. I did say that back in December. No, you did say you and, did say no no, yes. yeah. To be fair, you did say it a while ago. But I think it's because you haven't seen Giannis play and only Anthony Davis play at his peak I, I that just you can't think compare. It's, I, I think it's more so like the defense is astounding. I will say this about the Bucks though. Um, prayers up to Budenholzer. This is obviously an awful thing that happened. But I'm not going to excuse the fact that he should be fired. And I I think we've been oh, yes, saying this yes. a while. Like, he needs to be gone. Uh, sticking Drew Holiday on Jimmy Butler and letting him torch him, even though he's the best perimeter defender, I think we can all agree in the world right now. Uh no one should have that assignment for 48 minutes without any sort of help. So I know he needs to be gone. And I think the Bucks will be back. Uh, but what did you want to say about Anthony Davis? Sorry, I had to just get that out. Uh, was it B or Z? Was, yeah. So I'm, so I'm just going to say that I was, I was having recency bias. He's saying he said recency bias. Um, my, thing, my thing is like, I'm on the, because like, I, hope I, was, I think I was with you back in December, honestly. When you when you had when you had said that, and it was because I was like, man, AD was on that stretch. He was on like that five. Uh, we need to bring up stretch. the clip for that because I do not remember Z being on his side. I don't. Really? really? I, I don't know. I I thought I was getting blitzed, bro. Uh, I think I think Z is wait, the recency wait. bias, man. Who, I think Z say... is in the recency bias vote. You can you can change your mind though, because I I've I've said this. I think a healthy Anthony Davis that plays like this all the that, time, he should be the best player I, in the world. He has expectations to be the best player in the world, and finally right. he's showing it. That was what stretch. I was about to get to, is that I can't... Bro, he showed it in December, like, too, for like two weeks. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. It comes the in problem, like once in a The problem that I have is, is that literally when we talk about Anthony Davis, there's always an if. With Giannis, there's never an if. With AD, it's if he's healthy, if he's in the, the right mindset, the, the, the domination mindset or whatever. Like you said, there's different versions of Anthony Davis. You don't know which one you're going to get. Uh, when they when you look at the Lakers and the reasons that they lost the two games that they lost to the Grizzlies, AD genuinely kind of looked a little uninterested. But it's not just him; the entire Lakers team did. But this that's my that's my point. It's like with Giannis, I feel like he's always on go. There never is a 
there's never a moment where I'm looking at Giannis and saying, oh, he doesn't look like he wants to play defense tonight or he doesn't look like he wants to be a big tonight like or stretch forward or however you want to call it. So I don't think I'm going to jump the gun yet. And if I do jump the gun, it's going to only be because Anthony Davis is still in the playoffs. And he's I think I saw a stat where he has more blocks in like seven games than he did in the entire 2021 uh, or 2020 playoffs, something like that. Some weird. But even still, it's like stats like that are like you can't look away from them, especially when you're given what he I mean, he was blocking everybody on the Memphis Grizzlies. He was out there. They had what, four blocks last night or two nights ago against the Warriors. Right. I told you going into this series who AD was going to average three and a half blocks per game. I think that and I'm he still didn't on. foul anyone because they wouldn't go in there. What was what was the free throw discrepancy? It was like thirty. Uh, they just, they what, the Lakers the had like twenty five more free throws than the Warriors did, maybe thirty. Yeah, they like twenty nine to six. Yeah, it was could so, have been twenty nine to five. Yeah, twenty nine to six. So I don't know. I'm saying Anthony Davis. I, I, I don't think I don't right think the now. free throw thing. That's not an excuse though. The Lakers just got to the rim way more. The the Warriors were shot chucking. That's their game. No, but they I'm saying a large part of that is because they see that big dude down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of cool facts, I really like that fact you brought up with the Vloxy because uh, I'm going to throw a quick fact to help us transition into our next segment. Uh, prior to Game 2, I'm not sure if this is still a fact, but I heard the announcer say that the Boston Celtics have more turnovers than assists this playoff run, uh, which is incredible. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard of a team uh, after that many games to have more turnovers than... I'm going to actually double-check because I don't know if the announcer was on one, but, I mean, let's talk about the Celtics and, and the Sixers here because we saw a murder uh, last night uh, in Game 2. I don't know about you guys, but I have never seen a team make that many threes in a row in the span of, like, two minutes. I think it was in the third quarter. And I've never seen a team respond crumbling the way the Sixers crumbled. Tyrese Maxey looked like he was he was scared. Like, I saw Tyrese Maxey bring up the ball. He was scared. Like he did none he of the money shot up. Man. I have seen, and to this day, I'm doing a new award show. You know how they do the most valuable? I'm going to do the least valuable, okay? The least valuable pump fake I've ever seen in my life is PJ Tucker. I don't know who the hell he thinks he's fooling when he's in the corner, Harden kicks it to him, and he's he, he's trying to trick the defender that he's going to shoot. Because PJ Tucker has the, and I will say this, ugliest pump fake I've ever seen in my life. I I you it is clearly obvious that man is not going to shoot that three and he's going to drive and get his ass blocked by Robert Williams. I, I was getting deja vu. <laughs> I was getting deja vu watching that same play over and over again. Harden goes to the, go goes, dribbles around to the top, to like the, the uh, diagonal of the key, whatever, right? Drives, dude does a cool pass to PJ Tucker in the corner because he gets doubled with PJ Tucker's man. PJ Tucker. <laughs> and then just, and then, and then just drives in the paint where he thinks he's getting a free reverse layup and his ass gets smoked every time. We, we have been watching that play for years, ever since years. season. And I have years. never been scared of P.J. Tucker attacking a closeout. I never have. Uh, and, uh, off a of pump fake in the corner. It's always the same thing. Pump fake in the... And the, and the worst part is he's pump faking nobody. He's open. <laughs> he's open. He's he's pump faking the yeah. fans. He's, he's pump faking the announcers. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, bro. I don't and every know once in a while... Is there an incentive? No, no, no. I'm, I'm serious. Is there an incentive in some contracts where if you pump fake a certain amount of times, you get paid? Oh, jeez. Because at that Gotta point be. he's just he's just tapping square. Be. Yeah, he'll put his back foot on the line when he's trying to attack. He he doesn't have that one dribble pull up in his game. He's not going to do that. He's just yeah. trying to run like a bull on the rim. I wonder what he's going to do. Oh, I wonder. Every time he drives from the corner, I think in my head he's going to try and reverse this, and he's not going to make it. 
but uh so me and z first off we're support we have a scheduled apology from our partner over at basketball forever <laughs> shout out christian who's the sixers fan but i don't know if i need to apologize anymore this was after the james harden game where of course i was trying to drive home my narrative but even i know that james harden that's not his final form this is his final form what was he z2 for 14 for the field two for 14 all of six from three. i feel bad for the guy at this point because he really seems invested but he's his game just doesn't translate those step back threes on al warford are not that that are like three feet behind the line maybe mm-hmm. in his prime hit, in the regular he... season they'll fall they're they're just not all that reliable i think he got most of his points off free throws um, right. which is still a valuable trait to have but when you don't have that in between game or is not very reliable on it like he's he's not looking to take it you're just not going to get a lot of points when you're shooting poorly and unfortunately that happens a lot far in the playoffs but i am going as far to say that the celtics might win in five games i think they might yeah yeah also um i don't want to i don't want to be known as a guy that spread i'll say six i don't want to be known as the guy that spread false info um they they don't they don't I don't know what that announcer was on but they they averaged twenty seven assists and twelve turnovers I was gonna say that's a ridiculous stat I wanted to bring it up because I was like I don't know especially if I was the only with that heard how that. well the Celtics swing the ball I thought that that's was what I mean I, I, maybe yeah. they were just talking about a specific game or like most game I don't know what they were talking about I don't know if it was a slip up by the announcer but I heard that and I wanted to bring it up because I wanted to see if anybody else heard that too um, I looked it up false I just said it to segue into another thing um, I. I'm not I just want to anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, oh, I don't know. God. I think that's uh, that Sixers. Sixers got false hope from game one, and I think uh, a big thing we need to talk about, by the way, is uh, the disappearance of Jason Tatum because the yeah. Celtics are really up, covering no, no, no. the fact. We, we got to we got to praise him first, though, because I I don't want to keep going through this cycle where every time he has a bad game, because we I'll I'll say this first. I don't recognize the good games, but I will recognize the bad games because it fits my narrative. Z, I know you wanted to say something regarding the Sixers' apology and probably regarding James Harden. Then we'll get on to the Celtics because I do have some stuff to say about the Celtics. Okay, but go so ahead to to my my dear friend Christian. Um, I know you wanted a, I know you wanted an apology for me and Hoop. He he literally told us or texted us and said, "I'm expecting an apology." And this was before the game, wasn't it? This was or or was it like during the first yeah, quarter? Before. But I, uh, so so I'm sitting here like okay, <laughs> I started laughing when I saw that text. I was like, we gonna see how this game plays out because Joel's back. He just won MVP. Philly fans are just really ecstatic right now. And then what happens? Good old fashioned Harden and Embiid, uh, a duo that I still don't know how to analyze to this day because I was expecting Joel Embiid to go out there and probably drop like forty and twenty. Like, I was expecting him to have some type of MVP stamp type of game, especially in the game two, especially when your team won without you. And James Harden turned back the hands of time. And I do want to give James Harden his credit here because game one Harden, I, I was enjoying every second of it. The, to, with the play you brought up about him switching on to Al Horford and not having that step back in his bag, he, he hit the he hit the, the eventual game-winning three over Al Horford in game one. with the, Like, they were doing the same little pick and roll and letting him switch, and Harden was just going to work. It was, I mean, it was beautiful. 45 on 17 of 30 shooting and 7 of 14 from 3. That was James Harden in game 1. Jason Tatum, 39 on 14 of 25 shooting 4, 5 from 3, 11 boards, right? Jalen Brown had 23 on only 10 shots. Very efficient, 8 of 10. And then we go to game 2, bro. <laughs> we go to game 2. I literally thought, let me before we go to that, I'm just going to say game 1, I, I looked at the Celtics game and I said the Celtics were playing down to their competition right now. 
they are playing down to a team that is literally hobbled, doesn't have a big man besides Joel Embiid, and their best player is a big man in Joel Embiid. Um, and they needed James Harden to literally turn into Houston Horton. But the game I saw last night, bro, oh my God. Isn't Joel now 1-9 against Boston? What is it? In, uh, is that is that all time? Is that all time numbers? Or is that, because uh, that, that's Yeah, just, it's of course, uh, in the play, yeah, yeah. In the playoffs, obviously. But that, that's time. just, that is insane to me. I was like, I thought sad, that I, I, did, I had to wash, uh, wash my eyes, see what I was looking at. But Lord, but when I look at this Philly team, bro, I'm not going to lie to you, like, Hey, was, hey! Look at the screen. Yeah, yeah no, I was Reed just, button. I was, I was, I was out of screen because I had to grab my Paul Reed button. MVP. When you, when you play the Sixers without Joel Embiid, you gotta play up to the comp, bro. <laughs> they, they just, you are ready in game one, You gotta one, play dog. up to the comp, man. Nah, Blue they, they, coach they, legend. G that's League not even crazy MVP, to say, Paul Reed. Uh, uh, listen, listen. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this. You, 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 I, I got caught up when I was talking to Tatum talk, so it looked like I was going to hate on Tatum. I'm not about to hate on Tatum because he's been playing great. He just had one bad game. I wanted to say the disappearance of Jason Tatum in game two and the dominance we saw from the Celtics without him scares me if I'm an NBA team because if my superstar can play like that in a game and we can still win by 30 against a team like the Sixers, that's, that's a conversation where it's like, what the hell are we going to do? Um, because teams like the Suns, they don't got no depths, right? One of their superstars do something. They're not doing nothing, right? Um, the Nuggets, actually, the Nuggets, you know, Jamal Murray played like trash. They still, I mean, Jokic is always going to turn up. But, I agree. I mean, the Nuggets do have some depth. But the Celtics, to me, have the scariest depth in the, the remaining in the playoffs right now, right? They prove that when their star is not showed up, they'll, the other guys will. They just have and, the best team. I don't know why, like, I mean, Grant Williams... I've seen the last couple of games has kind of been rotting on the bench. Got like a four minute game. Like he is just a knockdown shooter when the guys aren't, uh, when the starters are out. Like when they, you, you tell like they have, I don't know, they said yeah. Mazzulu said they were going to take like 53s or something and they 40. ended up taking like 49. Right? <laughs> yeah. Something crazy like that. But it's, it's just the, the penetrate, kick, swing, swing, swing. And they have dudes in the corners all lined up. Al Horford getting ready with that wacky shot for him. They Malcolm Brogdon is on. like a, as a step query, apparently, Dude, like yeah. they're they shoot threes like it's layups. So I just I don't it. know why, especially when Grant Williams is a versatile defender that he hasn't they're been the playing as much. Team in the league, um, bro, but by far, um, that's how and scary the depth is. That and I love know, how everybody's like that rotten on the bench. Everybody gets involved on the Celtics. I think seven players shot a three that night, maybe even more. At, at by the third quarter, seven players have already hit a three. Not Shaw one, one, one hit baby. A three. That and it's scary, but I mean, we we have we don't have a lot of it's time left in the episode, so quickly we're gonna go over that last matchup with the Nuggets and the Suns. Hey, um, you forgot about the Knicks. Oh, heat. the Knicks and the Heat. Oh. <laughs> Every, why does everyone roll uh, their eyes when it comes to that series, bro? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, Talk it's not my uh, fault Cleveland couldn't uh, handle it. I'm so it's not, excited. It's not my fault Milwaukee I'm couldn't so handle excited. it. I'm so excited. Oh, Jeez. gee, I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah, for about, a reason. I'm so excited. Uh, Julius Randle, <laughs> 25, 12, and 8. With Jimmy Butler <laughs> on the bench. Ah, but... <laughs> See you if Jimmy Saturday, played, Jimmy. That game. See hey, you Saturday. If Jimmy played that game, they lose. By the way, you beat Caleb the, Martin. You beat the stay out there. For... You beat the Heat by six at home. Hey, without Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Jimmy, uh, Eric Spolster is a great coach. I'm not. I'm not sweating that at all. I'll see you in Miami. We I need have to, to shout out. out one more person though. Uh, Tobias Harris uh, in the in the game two loss went 16 and seven on seven for 12 shooting. Might be the only dude in the world who could have a decent night. 
when everyone else is failing and still not shoot the ball more than 12 times. Shout out to Bias Harris. Hey, uh, just remember the Sixers fans. He d- he did his job. Sixteen and Sixers seven. fans. That, that Sixers is a fans. Tobias either... Harris stat line, bro. It was either it was either Tobias or Jimmy Butler, and we all know what you choose. But we thank you so much for tuning in to episode seventy of the podcast. We will see you guys in episode seventy-one. Peace.